Welcome back to Secondhand Sports. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. I'm Gunner. <laughs> we got a great show for you guys today. We're going over a recap of the Super Bowl. Andy Reid finally got him one. He's getting all the cheeseburgers. Um, a little bit of college um, signing day drama, but not really because it's just college signing day. Um, some college hoops, some MLB news, and a whole lot more. Thank you guys for joining us. Hey! How about those cheese? Okay, starting off the NFL, Andy Reid. Like I said, he finally got him one. The Chiefs, after 50 years of no Super Bowl victories, got them a championship. What would you think of the game, Matt? All around, it was a great, great game. I thought so, too. I mean, every, every, not, and I'm going to kind of get off topic from the game, but not only the game was good, the commercials were good. <laughs> yeah. Halftime was... <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else about the halftime, but see, I object. Yeah. I think the commercials were trash. You came yeah. in for the, the uh, most part. There's like there's like two really good ones in my opinion, and the rest were just very mediocre. Yeah, was uh, there a Budweiser commercial this year? I didn't there even, was no there was yeah, no yeah. there was no Budweiser commercial or Doritos commercial. Yeah, there was a Doritos commercial that Lil Nas X and Sam Elliott. Oh yeah, his, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't yeah. see that one. Yeah. Um, other than that, I thought the game was fantastic. Um, Really good defenses on both sides. It was weird that the Chiefs, I mean, they've done it the whole playoff run. Like I said last time, they've proven that they have they are a second-half team, and that's exactly what happened. And you got to feel bad for Shanahan after the Falcons Super Bowl where they didn't score any points in the fourth quarter, and then this the same, Super Bowl, yeah, the same exact, same exact thing, happened, thing again. happened. Yeah. They, they, I saw some stat. They were He has been outscored like – 46 points to zero in the fourth quarter of Super Bowls <laughs> or something like that in his career. So overall, a great, great Super Bowl. The Chiefs had pressure on Garoppolo. He didn't have that spectacular of a game. And I think that's where they kind of that's where a lot of people are saying they screwed up is they trusted him too much. Almost. He was 20 for 31 overall. Um, he threw two interceptions, which Patrick Mahomes had two interceptions too. That was another thing about this game is there were so many turnovers just in general. But Patrick Mahomes also threw 42 times. So, 42, you know, yeah. yeah, there's a little room there for some interceptions. Another thing that the 49ers were so good at during the regular season was relying on Mostert, but they only gave him the ball 12 times because I think the Chiefs' defensive line just, I mean, they got down yeah, in the trenches. manhandled him. Yeah, I know. Uh, they did a couple of plays. They did. They handed it off to Debo Samuel, the wide receiver. Yeah, that is true. A lot yeah. of times, the game he had a he had a pretty good game on the ground. He had like yeah. 50, he had fifty three yards total rushing. Yeah, for three carry with three carries too. That is pretty. Yeah, I didn't even see that. And then Tevin Coleman too. So they were they were kind of spreading the ball out. But that between Frank Clark and then Chris Jones, Jones had like he batted the ball two times. Uh-huh. And then tipped it like a couple more times too. I mean, he just had an incredible game rushing off the edge right there. And Jimmy G, he looks scared. Like Patrick Mahomes looks scared. I I, I say obviously they're not scared because they're NFL quarterbacks. They're going to be confident in confident in themselves. But he Jimmy G looked very shaken up in the fourth quarter. I mean, they it, it looked yeah, like they were in panic mode. So now to start the game, Mahomes he was I could tell he was really like nervous. You could tell. Yeah. But like once I think once he got through the um, second first half, came in, played perfect in the second half. 
Damian Williams had 100 yards too, 17 carries. Tyreek Hill, nine receptions, 100 yards. So they spread the ball out well. When when Mahomes made that huge pass in like the third quarter, I think it was. To Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and they were getting high on, I think it was like third down. When, when they completed that and the momentum kind of shifted, yeah. that's when the game really turned because they were still down by – what a touchdown they were still down by I think, like i think i think it was like 10 points or something like that yeah in the fourth quarter and they you know really flipped it around and came back and you gotta you gotta feel so happy for andy reed after all these years i know and yeah like andy how many reed, how many wins matthew 200 oh. 222 victories yeah career wins yeah that's probably that's equivalent to one. 200 and that's equivalent to the 222 cheeseburgers he gorged on yeah that <laughs> night yeah also, uh, Showtime Mahomes is 5-0 and when trailing by double digits, which is incredible for a quarterback, especially a quarterback that young, too. That's that's one of the other things is he is just starting his career. 24 years old playing yeah. in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Youngest quarterback to ever start in the Super Bowl. That's Right. And what when going into the fourth quarter, and I was like, okay, if the Chiefs pull this out, then Damian Williams is going to probably end up being the MVP just because of how many carries he had. But Mahomes ended up with it just because I think, like, okay, he's your quarterback. You're going to get to the quarterback. Yeah, the franchise quarterback. And really, him, between him and Lamar Jackson, they're becoming the faces of the NFL. Well, yeah, it's like, so, it's, yeah, the, the game is changing now. It's, it's going, you know, Brady and Breeze, they're still in the league, but I think that that era of quarterbacks, yeah. it's going away. And now we're being introduced to a brand new era, like yeah. Mahomes, Jackson. Yeah. Maybe, They're passing the torch, basically. Yeah, the torch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Teddy uh, Bridgewater too might be uh, up and coming. Well, coming back, I guess he's been in the league a while. So, well, so. An- another thing uh, I want to talk about is um, Damian Williams actually used to be a Miami Dolphin. So to come uh, back to Miami and have a yeah, big game, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought he'd get the MVP. It's like hey, that's can write a story any better, yeah. but it's it, Mahomes. He deserves. I think at the end, Mahomes. Yeah, he a led bit. the team for sure. And it's cool for Tyron Matthew. I mean, us being LSU fans, that's awesome that he was able to get him one. Um, especially his story is yeah, such a story of redemption coming from, you know, he was in trouble towards the end of his college career. And then he came back. He was on the Texans that he didn't. He was definitely well, no, irrelevant. He was with the Cardinals. Right, first. right, right. But then he goes to the Texans. He, you know, is sort of relevant, and then he goes to the Chiefs and has an incredible year this year. I mean, they were saying that he was going to be the defensive player of the year mm-hmm. um, towards the middle of the season. So it's, you know, you got to feel for him too. So wasn't there another Chiefs player that there's a like almost an exact same story, but at uh, Oklahoma, I think. I think I think I think it's a it's Damian Williams. Yeah, it was yeah. Damian Williams. Okay, he was with yeah. Oklahoma from 2012 2013, and then he went to. Uh, <laughs> but he had he had gotten kicked oh. off of their team in no, 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 was it 2013 was that yeah. the year yeah 2013 he was he violated team rules hmm. so him and Tyron yeah. Matthew kind of had like a yeah. parallel storyline going here and they both yeah, met yeah. up there in the end and the both Super got Bowl. their rings so. yeah and today today's uh, February 5th so the parade that they were showing there was like a high speed chase <laughs> yeah high there was speed a chase guy before. mooning people he was taking off his pants in a tree Lord. Travis Kelsey had like an insane speech too like it it uh it's just a crazy time in Kansas City it right sounds now sounds like Kansas City <laughs> yeah yeah <Casey. laughs> a little a little New Orleans basically yeah Which those, is in those Missouri yeah not Missouri. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not Kansas not Kansas. Uh-huh. Kansas City Missouri <laughs> it's crazy too that's such a storied team 
because they've been there for so long. Like we said, 50 years, you know, it's just, it's just cool to see one of those older and this Super Bowl was such a refreshing Super Bowl compared to last year. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was, you know, good defense, good offense, not the Patriots. No Brady, no Manning. (laughs) Yeah. No Roethlisberger, no Flacco. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty, pretty fun. Hey, another thing I want to talk about, about the uh, 49ers, a player that had an impact game for them. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going old school here. Oh, really? The fullback, Kyle. Oh, yeah. He had he had a really really. What's big his game. What's his last name? How do you pronounce his last name? Juzak. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a great night for fullbacks uh, there for sure. Fullbacks. One thing they didn't show on the broadcast the Lombardi walk. I know. Was I was so of, I was so pissed. Off I was about waiting that. on that. It's kind of like a tradition there. Also, the graphics, the whole cartoon thing that they were doing. This is this is getting down to nitpicking right here. The game was incredible, but the graphics thing, the whole cartoon. Anytime somebody, yeah, it was so weird. Like they, they made it, it kind of looked like it was like a comic book, like a, out of a Marvel comic. Right. Book exactly. Like Just, it didn't. Anytime a player would score, strange. Yeah. Other than that, great game. Happy for Andy Reid. Happy for Patrick Mahomes. I think they're gonna they're they'll probably have a chance to be there next year. The 49ers have like ten players that are gonna be free agents and only like twenty two million dollars in cap space next year. So they're gonna be in some trouble if they don't promise a lot of people a lot of money. So it's not like anybody major like Jimmy G, but it is quite a few players. So yeah, overall that great Super Bowl. Fantastic. What you want in a Super Bowl for sure. It's better than last year's. Yeah. I think I have a theory for how the 49ers are going to uh, – how they're going to cope next season, but we'll get to that in just okay. a little bit. <laughs> <All right. laughs> hey, Philly, you don't even have the best Kelsey. We got it. Travis Kelsey. It's been a long time coming because what did we do? We had to fight for a right to party. Okay, moving on to the other side, the off-season side of the NFL, the quarterback free agency scramble right now. Um, we can start with the Saints because the the big question right now is what they're going to do with Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, and Breeze because those are three very, you know, arguably very good quarterbacks. And obviously, Breeze's retiring is coming up. It's it's in. I don't know if I, – I personally don't think he's going to retire this year. I think he's going to play one more year, and they're going to train Taysom Hill up. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to go somewhere else. So I think this was his, his last year with the Saints. Theoretically, he could play another year with them. I, I think that Teddy Bridgewater would be a better choice than Taysom Hill just because Hill seems like a less complete quarterback, and Teddy has proven that he can play. But, you know, well, I think my, – my thing is that if – um. If Teddy, if Drew plays the whole season, I honestly don't think uh, Bridgewater would be traded. Oh, really? I think that for me, it's um the page. You you're talking about this last year or this coming? year? No, this coming year. Okay, to me, yeah, okay. I'm talking about I'm talking about this year. Drew Brees plays every single game. Yeah. To me, if Teddy plays, teams are going to look at him and they're going to say, you know what, he's still playing very very good. We're going to go try to get him. So yeah. I, if he doesn't play a whole year and he just sits on the bench. And Drew Brees retires the next but, year. But his contract is up, though. Like, oh, he's a free agent. Yeah, they only signed him for one year, so because he was supposed to go to Miami last year. Forty Niners. If yeah. if if they if oh. the the if the trade actually does happen with Brady and uh, Garoppolo, but yeah, let's let's go over that. So, 
What do you think, Gunner? You think Brady's going to the 49ers? Is that what you've been hearing? You already know where I think Brady's going. I think, I think he's going to, to Vegas, baby. Oh. But y'all do not think that at all. No, I don't think. No, I don't, I don't, no. I don't think him and Gruden would probably. I don't. I just don't think him and Gruden will be on the right no. page. No. I think that if he's if he is going to another team, I don't know why. I just have a feeling that mm-hmm. it's going to be the Raiders. But in all honesty, the way that his whole ordeal is playing out right now, I feel like he's just securing that bag. Yep. With the Patriots. Yep. I agree. Yeah. That commercial. Uh, yeah, that I, was I, I didn't such that. a that one. That one got me. I was. I remember we were talking about earlier in the week that picture, and I was. And you were saying I. I was could have swore it was the Chargers, the 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 stadium he was at. So, but yes, to answer your question, what what you're getting at, mm-hmm. I do think that that is a possibility that Garoppolo and Brady could Switch. do the old switcheroo. Yeah, because uh, Garoppolo was Belichick's guy. Yeah, Garoppolo. No, Belichick wanted to get rid of Brady and start. Garoppolo right yeah. away yeah. during Deflate right Gate or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um like, the yeah. only thing the only thing about Tom Brady is he's not nearly as mobile as Garoppolo is just because Brady's older. And Shanahan likes to run such a mobile offense, like such a there's so many variables with what he does with his offense. I don't think Brady would be a good fit for him with with him. So that's the only thing that I would think like Shanahan would have to adjust his offense to be less mobile and more pass oriented whereas his offense right now is geared toward Garoppolo handing the ball off for kind of doing sprint outs things like that so um yeah I don't know but so you think Teddy Bridgewater might go to San Francisco I think that's that's I think that's the best I think that's the best overall team yeah for him to go yeah I mean they were just in a Super Bowl so yeah and it can work. Mm-hmm. Some people are thinking that he might end up going to the Colts too, but that doesn't make any sense to me because it seems like they're investing in Jacoby Brissett at this point. So isn't that's what um, Pat McAfee thinks, huh? Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna stick with Brissett. No, yeah. he he thinks that they're gonna Bridgewater's pick up. Or going he to thinks that. that that's where Bridgewater has the highest probability of going. Yeah. Again, I like know, I said earlier, I think he has some crazy takes. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like, you look at the the teams that potentially need quarterbacks. The, I think the Bears need a quarterback. I think Cam Newton would do well if he goes to the Bears. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, if he does leave, who's going to replace Cam Newton? Yeah. Kyle Allen. But oh, that'd be bad. They might pick up a quarterback in the draft. That's another thing, too, you got to think about is there's a, quite a few. Well, not quite a few, actually. There's only a few. I mean, no, they, they are. Like, they can get somebody, like, late in the draft. And, yeah. And they're probably, they're not going to get Burrow. No, two was probably going to get drafted. I saw the last mod draft I saw, it had the Dolphins trading up to get the number two spot to mm-hmm. get to take Tua. Yeah, because they originally had the fifth spot, and they were going to take Justin Herbert from Oregon. Ooh. But now that that could it could they may make a trade. They may make a trade, try to get Tua, and then like the Chargers they had the Chargers uh, taking um Herbert. Yeah, and then uh, had the Patriots taking uh from Jake from. <laughs> hey, uh, that might work with. With Belichick, I don't think he's that great of a quarterback, but if you put him in a good system, I think he would work well. I think that's why he worked well in Georgia. I mean, listen, they did they weren't incredible, but they still made it to the SEC championship. So, well, there, there is a connection too. Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, yeah, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, it's all a triangle. <laughs> yeah, 
Everything's connected. One of the questions that a lot of people are asking, too, is does Breeze retire? I think he's not. We kind of talked about that earlier. <laughs> the other thing is where's Tom Brady going? This is the where's Tom Brady going segment of the week that everybody is wondering. And whenever he ends up at the Raiders, everybody just <laughs> text me and say, you were right, Gunner. Mm-hmm. Fun fact of the week, David Carr, Derek Carr's big brother, brother big bro. was one of the first quarterbacks for the Texans. He the was first, the first. The, the, first, first, the first draft pick in the history of the franchise. He leads the league, leads the NFL historically in sacks taken. He was sacked 76 times his first year with the Texans. He is also third historically with 68 sacks in 2005 as well. So not a great offensive line for old. David Carr there. Just a little fun fact. They uh, The Texans that season, when they uh, started in the expansion draft, they took Tony Baselli. Tony Baselli played for the Jacksonville Jaguars from 1995-2001. He's one of the best tackles in NFL history. Still has not gotten in the Hall of Fame yet, which is kind of crazy. He uh, got signed by the Texans, and then he got injured, mm-hmm. and his career was over with. But um, you think if he, you know, if he was healthy and he would have played, Carr probably wouldn't have had that many sacks. Yeah, yeah. Just a little fun fact for you. Now that it's the offseason, there's like hardly anything to talk about for the yeah. NFL. So, um, yep. Just keep matriculating the ball down the field, boys. Okay, moving on to the new football. Just going to dip our toes a little bit in the XFL since that's what's coming up this Saturday. The first lineup of games is, okay, Seattle at D.C., L.A. at Houston, Tampa Bay at New York and St. Louis at Dallas. Oh, that's okay. So those the first two were the Saturday games. The second two were the Sunday games. I thought the whole league was playing the first weekend, but I guess that's not how they're uh, doing it. But yeah, so <laughs> just kind of uh, having a discussion here, Gunner. Why do you think that the XFL is going to succeed this time? Well, not necessarily that it will, but that it can mm-hmm. succeed. Because if you look at the reason most of these different leagues, uh, whether it be arena, indoor football. Uh, Intense the, football the, leagues, yeah, swashbucklers. Yeah. yeah, the AAF, the XFL, the first U- time. USF- yeah. USFL <laughs> in the 80s. It's usually always because of money. Although, like we were talking about earlier, the XFL, the first time going around, where they spent way too much time marketing and preparing, I guess, different things that didn't really matter to the game as much. They were focusing so much on, on hyping up the league and uh, they were talking about oh, the cheerleaders are going to play a big part in this. They're going to be you know hotter than other cheerleaders. They're going to wear barely anything at the games. They were saying that at halftime that they were going to like go into the locker rooms and show the inside of the... It was just the things it, it that they were focusing on basically were... Had Not nothing football. to do with the game, and then right. the, whenever it like, the it, it all it was all said and done, the teams had like less than a month to prepare for the first game. By the time that the league or, or that that season actually started, mm-hmm. they said that it just looked not put together at all, and it was a huge bust, and that it, it wasn't entertaining to watch. This time around, as you can see with the commissioner. Um, right, all yeah. Them, all it's not just Vince McMahon running the whole thing. That and then the rule changes. They're they're very obviously focusing on the fundamentals. They're going to make sure that it's a football league. You know, they, right. they yeah, want to yeah. capitalize. The teams on have been practicing. Football. 
Right. The yeah. teams have been practicing, so. And then not only that, but like the AAF, they had a pretty good system set up. We watched what two weekends of that yeah. before it got shut down. Yeah. That failed because of money. They just were not smart with money. They weren't able to secure the capital. They weren't be able they weren't able to I guess stay sustainable. Right. Yeah. The and those, XFL, some of those players still haven't gotten paid, I'm pretty sure. Like Yeah, they, they still, can they can kiss that goodbye. Yeah. The the XFL has I mean Vince McMahon already pledged I think it was five hundred million for the first three seasons. So oh he's goodness. he's pretty much said we're gonna have money. Yeah, That's, he's, he's, he's basically said this is money's not gonna be a problem. Yeah, we need to focus on Football. game. And I mean, I know you y'all have got rosters pulled up here. There's a lot of pretty interesting players that we're gonna be able to watch in this league too. So I think that and just the planning that's going into this league gives it a pretty good chance at working out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, even even the coaches too. Like, there's a, Bob Stoops is the head coach of the uh, Dallas team. Bob Stoops, the legendary Oklahoma head coach. June Jones, he's the head coach of the Houston. Houston team. Roughnecks. Yep. Yeah. We're officially we're declaring it now. This is officially a Houston Roughnecks podcast as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, you have a different team. I'm, I'm okay. the defenders I'm in, are. Um, defenders are very. I may, good. I may go with defenders. Yeah, I, I, I like they, they have Cardell Jones. Yeah, they've got yeah the, the defenders think Garrett, definitely have oh, some no. uh, some fun, very fun players, some LSU alum. Sam, on it. Sam Montgomery, the defensive end, they have him. Garrett Brumfeld is on the New York Guardians. Oh, That's a, a guy I had to play against our senior year when he was already like what, signed with LSU. There was another. Uh, was it Brossett? Is he on the defenders? Yeah, he is. He is number yeah, 30, so, number thirty one. So there's, I thought he was still in the NFL. <laughs> So yeah, the defenders definitely yeah. have a lot of people that we like on that team. Yeah, and then the Roughnecks are right next, you know, right, basically exactly. next yeah. door neighbors for us. So that's going to be exciting. Another interesting thing is the head coaches are the GMs too. Like it's all in one. So just yeah, Listen. just football guys basically. Also, yeah. another aspect of it that I think is going to work out. Well, I, actually, I think this is kind of up in the air, but. Something that I'm excited to see play out, which you kind of touched on it earlier before we started recording, is how they're not going to have the three-year limit after uh, after high school. They can no kidding. Wait, so you weren't talking? about I did that. not know. Okay, that. Well, so basically, as soon as they graduate high school, they can go straight into the XFL. Holy! And then oh while they're God. waiting for their three-year limit or whatever, maybe maybe you were talking about how it's basically. They can go in the XFL, and then uh, NFL teams could buy out their contracts. Yep, yep. But, yeah, so although it's going to be a pretty rare thing because most players don't come out of high school unless if you're looking at, like, a Leonard Fournette or a right, uh, yeah. what Derrick Henry. They're just not big. Like, just physically, they aren't, yeah. their muscles yeah, just aren't big. Like. But if they're <laughs> capable, they can completely bypass college, go straight into the XFL for, you know, two, three years, whatever. And, and then, then go to the NFL. To the NFL. Oh, wow, damn, that's pretty. And get paid to to play yeah. too. So, yeah, one of the things that I was talking about earlier is the way the G League is set up for basketball. The G League thrives because you have players playing on the teams, and then they develops the players they're playing against. You know, semi professional athletes. They're playing at an advanced level, and then the NBA, if they need players, they buy out the players' contracts on the G League team. So if you have a player that you want and you're low on guys for your roster, you buy out, you know, pay the team $750,000 
for con- yeah. yeah buy out the contract and that's how the G League generates money and one of the things that the AAF didn't do was work with the NFL to develop the players and make it sort of like a development program the AAF was completely separate from the NFL and that's why that, that it, never, it fe- yeah. like it, it that's works. why they didn't it have money work. right exactly there's a lot of new ideas that they're presenting like the shootout thing where you'll yeah. have what five chan- each team has five chances in an overtime situation to yeah. score I think that's going to I mean no one knows how that's going to work right. out because we've not we haven't seen that mm-hmm. in a you know American football type yeah. of situation that and then of course they're basically making it to where if you kick like if you punt the ball out of bounds it's going to count as a touchback the other team's going to yeah. get you know good field position and then if you fair catch it I I believe they're going to put like a penalty or something yeah so yeah. basically it's, encouraging them to return on every kickoff or punt. Right. So it, the gameplay is going to be quite different than what we see in the NFL. So that's yeah. going to be real interesting. Especially to special see teams. Play out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things too with the AAF is that it was kind of like a um, experimental league too. Like the one of the great things that I wish the NFL would do that they will probably never do, but put a camera and a mic on the booth review. So the referee that's reviewing the play that way, just it's way more transparency for the people at home. Like, okay, why the heck was that a pass interference? Or why wasn't that? You can hear the ref going, okay, this is why. But the thing, the NFL, I think there's a little bit of swaying, you know, not, it's not super 1000% rigged, but I think there's just a little leaning one way or the other to make games more exciting. And that's why they're probably not going to make, they want to uphold their good name, basically. So yeah, they, they, yeah. they're not going to put a camera and a microphone in the booth, basically. That's so. a, a pretty interesting thing about the XFL, too, is they're going to have another referee that's going to have an overhead view of the line to be able oh, to really? to be able to focus mainly on, on line penalties like offsides and uh, false starts and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. And then all, all referees are going to be mic'd up. So whenever they have like a controversial so call you, yeah, and they're can, huddled up, yeah. You're not going to be sitting there, you know, trying yeah, to wondering. figure out what the heck they're calling. It's yeah. probably changing the whole mm-hmm. direction yeah. of this game. Yeah, that's awesome too. Because one of the things that people always hate on refs, and I always want to hear like the conversations that the refs have with players have to be so funny, you know, and just interesting. So that'll be neat because you always want to hear like, okay, why, you know, what, why did refs call it one way or the other? I mean, that's just in general. So. So that pretty much um, every week we're probably going to have like a little discussion, dipping our toes, and um, this is obviously you know unexplored waters for pretty much everybody at this point. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see. It'll be probably fun to watch. I love football, so more football uh, is good. Spring, spring football. Yep. You ready? Let's Okay, moving on to college football. Today was National Signing Day, where. We had a, a little bit of drama for the South Carolina Gamecocks, didn't we, Matthew? Oh, we did. Yeah, big time. Uh, Jordan, yeah, Jordan Birch. He's their. Uh, he was. The, he's a top-rated defensive end in the country. Top eighth. Eighth. How many stars? How many stars? Let me see. One, two, three, five stars. Five, five stars. stars. Oh my goodness. Well, he um, because that means so much. He originally was supposed to sign with South Carolina today, mm-hmm. but he never signed it. Or it was either never submitted, or he never even, st- or they're saying he signed a fake one. 
Oh, wow. And the awkward thing about it is Will Muschamp uh, was right behind him when it happened. When he so, signed it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Did he do this? Did he do it on, like, TV or whatever? I guess he just th- signed, think, like, no, a I th- I think prop. He did it, I think he did it on TV, yeah. Oh, wow. Dang. So, I guess after he was like, okay, uh, guys, I actually didn't sign uh, the right one. That's pretty funny. It's weird that it's people cra- put yeah, any kind of emphasis on uh, this day. Um, another thing too, Charlie Dross, the tight end for St. Louis Catholic High over here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, he signed as a preferred walk on for LSU today. LSU. So, yeah. Good he job, was supposed Charlie. to be he was supposed to be going to Houston, but he switched his Well there, there were there were a lot of Texas schools in play. I know Laf- Louisiana Lafayette offered him scholarship they offered scholarship him, for him. Yeah. But he just I think he decided, you know, it's let's go with the national champs. Let's go with the champs. Yeah. Let's go to LSU. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes Speaking sense. of good job, Charlie. <laughs> Speaking of LSU, the um candidate to replace Joe Brady. They still haven't figured one out, but they're got their eyes on Shane Waldron of the LA Rams. Um I think this would be a great decision. Obviously, you know, that team went to the Super Bowl last year. They were kind of mediocre this past year, but you know, anytime you put, I mean, it's it's a testament to this with the way Joe Brady ran the offense this past year with LSU. When you put a NFL style system into a college against college style defenses, I mean, that's you why. Can't, yeah, you can't beat it. It's it's gonna right. take, it's gonna give coaches a lot of yeah you it's know, migraines. Basically. The young, <laughs> well the and you know that's not taking away from Joe Burrow, which who he was phenomenal too. But the way their system was, it's like when you put that against these younger defensive backs that just aren't good, aren't as good as the NFL backs. You know, that's what you know. That's what happens. And and hopefully, if if Waldron comes to LSU, then hopefully he can bring that same kind of system to the Tigers. Well, yeah, especially since national since. Uh, the signing period that's all over with. I think LSU mm-hmm. now the next focus is to go get a pass game coordinator. Right. I think that there was actually a lot of other candidates that I thought of too, or I researched. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Lombardi, who was oh that's right, Joe Lombardi, was, the quarterback yeah. coach for the Saints. Yeah. He's he was the offensive coordinator for the Lions. Wouldn't that be something if uh, the Vince Saints was, if the Saints were just a development program to be the, yeah, the yeah. new he, offensive he was coordinator? A, he was a. Yeah. Uh, he was at, he's actually Vince Lombardi's uh, grandson, Joe oh, Lombardi. Wow. Wow. And another candidate that uh I researched was um Zach Robinson. He's the mm-hmm. uh he's like an offensive assistant for the Rams, but Georgia, they just hired an offensive coordinator. Last month they hired Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin was the Browns offensive coordinator. Used oh, to wow. be used to be the offensive coordinator used to be the wide receiver coach at LSU. Gotcha. Uh but Zach Robinson, he was um he played at Oklahoma State, he was a quarterback. He's been in the ramp with the NFL. He's been coaching for a while. Yep. Young, you know, smart mind. Got a great first name. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, well, I think it's like Z A C or something oh, like that. Wow. Yeah, that's a little too much in depth. In <laughs> uh, other news, in staying within college, Mark D'Antonio steps down as Michigan State's head coach amid NCAA violations. It's pretty convenient that he steps down for air quotes family reasons family reasons oh <laughs> uh, yeah he is um, a do they even so he steps down as their head coach are there, are there any candidates at all right now for that position like does anybody even want that job well i saw i saw well i saw a couple of candidates urban right, meyer 
Nick Saban. That'd be oh, Nick Saban. Yeah. Nick Saban <laughs> yeah. goes back. Sometimes home. you have to go back to go forward. Yeah, That's but uh, the one candidate that I've that I have read about is uh, Luke, uh, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bearcats head coach Luke Fickle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Fickle, he's been in the Big Ten for a very long time. He's with he was actually when Ohio State got in trouble in 2011. Jim Trussell got fired. Everything he mm-hmm. was the interim coach. He was a defensive coordinator, but for that season, 2011, he was the interim coach. And then when Urban Meyer got hired. He kept Fickle on the staff as a defensive coordinator, and Fickle's one of the you know bright, bright. I think the young bright coaches in college football right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think he leaves and goes to Michigan State because the who Big would want to who would want to deal Ten, with that yeah. headache? First of all, the the headache of the NCAA, you know, whatever's going on with their investigation. Well, that so. and like after signing periods over with, now you gotta like kind of like keep your team together. Right, you're playing Ohio State, you're playing Penn State. Yeah, that is rough. So yeah. it's, it'd be it'd be a really a big headache to go into right now. It, it would make a lot more sense if it happened in like a November or something like that. If they right. would have just fired D'Antonio, because I think they lost at their last like five games or something like that. And yeah. <laughs> Mark D'Antonio, he's he's been with the um, he's been with the Spartans since two thousand six two thousand and six. He signed a contract in two thousand eleven, an extension that made him a Spartan for life. Oh yeah, I remember uh, yeah. that. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and I think at the age he was, 63 years old, Michigan State was one. It used to be one of the best teams in the country, but yeah. they've kind of gone downward spiral. So I think it. I mean, they've they've gone to three straight bowl. They've gone to three straight bowl games since 2017. But I there's think so that, many bowls now too. It's, I think that's that, hard. Yeah, back to back seven and six, seven and six seasons. I think that it was really time. Yeah. Uh, for oh, hey, he's a Spartan for life. Uh. Yeah, theoretically, still is. Yeah, other moves. Uh, one of the yeah. notable ones in the SEC: former Stanford QB KJ Costello transferring to Mississippi State and Mike Leach's new offense. What you think, Matt? Well, this is a guy who played at Stanford, knows Mike Leach. Yeah, never, oh yeah, he knows never, him. Has never played in the air raid system. Doesn't have any experience against the SEC. Mm-hmm. So and going to Mississippi State, I mean, I think I think it's a, uh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Be, it's hard to tell. So what? Uh, who who did Mississippi State have starting for them this past year? They had a, I think it's Tommy Schrader. Uh, I know he had a, like he had a really big beard. Like that's all I know. <laughs> this goes to show how important Mississippi State is. Oh no no, it, it was Garrett Schrader. Garrett Schrader. He um actually he was the starting quarterback last year of Mississippi State. He actually got um I think suspended. Oh really? In the, in their bowl game against Louisville. Oh wow. Yeah he he had to he had suspended. He got a, there was a fight before the game. He got hurt. He got punched in the face or something no like kidding. that. Did and he play? No, he, he didn't play. The so they, they had wow. to go with the Tommy Stevens. But with Mike Leach's offense, it's a you yeah, know, the knows? air raid. He's Mississippi State last year was more of a read option type of team. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I don't know whether he he's, he most <laughs> likely I think he's going to leave. But right, when's the last time? When's the last time the SEC saw an air raid offense? Do you know as as a as a staple? Obviously, SEC teams play air raid teams, but well, Texas, like, yeah, well, Texas A and M they introduced it in 2012 with Johnny Football Manziel, gotcha, and Kevin Sumlin, and um, then after that, Ole Miss, and from like say. 2016 to 2018, oh, they, really? they kind of ran the, their own version of the air raid. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it air raid, but I think they had a their offensive coordinator was in. Phil, yeah. He was in that uh, 
air raid tree, basically. Yeah. And then yeah. he left and went to North Carolina, so with Mac Brown. Gotcha, yeah. Well, if they were able to do what they did with Manziel at A&M, maybe, maybe KJ uh, Costello will be the new uh, Manziel. So is there... So as far as recruiting goes, everything's pretty much done at this point. Now you're just looking for coaches, huh? Yeah, everything's so. pretty much done. Yeah, only really one team. Yeah, a couple of teams are still looking for coaches, but other than that, it's yeah, it's time for off season practice. Spring games yeah. coming up. Yeah, it's time to practice. Yeah, yeah. Workouts. I always, I already miss it. That's one of the things too about the Super Bowl is. The XFL is kind of softening the blow, but it's not going to be the same. It's, yeah, exactly. I, it's, you know, it's who knows how long the XFL is actually going to be here, right? Yeah. I mean, and I, I love what I didn't know anything about like the plan, but like yeah. having like a little farm system, you can probably say, yeah. yeah, that that I think that can work, especially during the NFL off season too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just miss miss college football. Oh, I've, yeah, I miss it, <laughs> miss it big time. Okay, moving on to college basketball. Um, right now is not a good time. It is currently 8.46 p.m., and McNeese is down 49-55 to 55 to Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and LSU is down 36-43 to uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores. So um, not great <laughs> for our two teams here tonight. Yeah, not at all. Um, one thing, though, Vanderbilt is on a nine-game losing streak. Um, they are 0-8 in the SEC and like we said, LSU is undefeated in the SEC, and they're on a 10-game winning streak. So hopefully they can figure something out here. Um, obviously, this is the way LSU likes to play basketball. They like to go down in the first half. Um, so we'll see how it turns out uh, later well, in this game here. Well, another thing is, Vandy, they actually – you said they're on an 0-8 game, uh, 0-8 uh, losing streak right now in the SEC. Yep. Vandy yep. hasn't won an SEC game since March 3rd of 2018. Oh wow! Against Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Wow, that's kind of their football team too, is uh, isn't it? Or that was Mizzou this past year, huh? No, that was, that, was, that was that was Arkansas. Arkansas. Arkansas yeah, they had, okay. yeah. The Arkansas hasn't won a game since 2017. Yeah, in the SEC. <laughs> in the SEC. Yeah, yeah. McNeese uh, not doing too well here. Um, one thing though, uh, Shamarcus Kennedy for McNeese has been named the Southland Conference Southland Conference Player of the Week. Player of the Week for the third time this season. Um, so. That's good, and the Cuxhausen guy has also been doing well for them as well. So True Cuxhausen. Yep. That's pretty much all we got for basketball right now. Yeah. Um, obviously, by the time you're listening to this, you will know the, the scores of these games. Um, McNeese is trailing with three minutes left in the second half. I just realized that. LSU still has a, a whole other half to play, though, so they can hopefully they can pull that out. Um, it'll be interesting to see. This seems like, I mean, I've said it like 87 times, this seems like the season of upsets for college basketball. Um, these top-tier teams have been falling. We'll have more insight on that um, later, you know, going into next week. Now that football's over, we'll have time to really go in-depth with college basketball because um, that's like one of the only things to focus on now. So yeah, once, once the NCAA tournament comes on, it's, that's all yeah. we're doing. March Madness. So stay tuned for that. Go Tigers. All right, staying with in the basketball thread. Moving on to the NBA. 
Um, Woj dropped a huge Woj bomb uh, yesterday with a four-team trade involving the Rockets, the Timberwolves, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Denver Nuggets. Um, so I'll just kind of go through it at this point. Probably everybody has read it, but I feel obligated as a sports podcast to <laughs> go over this trade. Um, the Rockets will acquire Robert Covington, and the Hawks will get Clint Capella and Neen Hilario. And the Timberwolves will receive Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, and Atlanta's future first-round pick via Brooklyn. The Nuggets will receive Keta Bates-Diop from the Timberwolves and Gerald Green and a future first-round pick from the Rockets. And Green, (laughs) Gerald Green will waive his right to veto being included in this deal, a source has said. In other news, as far as yesterday's trade, um, Denver is trading Jared Vanderbilt to Minnesota, and that is about it. Other than Matthew just had breaking news. Breaking news for the first time. We had it earlier tonight. Yeah. We're going to give you our first breaking news story. (laughs) Andre Iquandala has been traded from the Memphis Grizzlies to the Miami Heat. Yep. Yep. And, um... Woj, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, confirmed it. Yeah, talking about it earlier, he thought that his time in Memphis was limited, so um, kind of makes sense there. The thing is, the Heat are the Heat are fourth in the East right now, so they could make a run. That's pretty much the biggest news for them right now at this point, though. They play today at nine o'clock, so they play the Clippers. So. Um, One of the things about the NBA, too, is there's so many moves going on, um, especially toward the the trade deadline, which is tomorrow or today, um, February 6th. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of other trades um, going on. Uh, Nothing really. Iguodala, I think, is the biggest name during this trade deadline that I've seen so far. Um, All these other (laughs) smaller-tiered guys um, in the the four-team trade, didn't really do any, you know, it didn't really rock anything. It was just weird that it was so many people. I think um, that's probably the biggest story about the, the trade deadline right now. Sticking with the NBA, the Pelicans have moved up to 11th in the West. They are 20 and 31 right now. Zion obviously coming back has sparked a lot more attention. He's playing a lot more. They're still kind of putting him in in segments so he doesn't put too much you know pressure on his yeah knee yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see obviously at this point they're not going to be able to make a run for the playoffs but um still it's still fun to watch you know, it, yeah. That's, yeah they got a good future for next year got the foundation set yeah yeah i think uh some of the pelicans fans i heard that they were thinking about training drew holiday but i don't think i think that was disproved so um but we'll see definitely going into tomorrow um the last day to trade players before the second half of the season starts so it'll be interesting to see okay moving to the mlb it was official yesterday the uh mookie bets trade from boston boston to to the dodgers Dodgers. so boston are is 
idiots. With, uh, with Price. Yeah, David Price as David well. Price. Um, so we were kind of talking before. This is basically like they just traded their uh, Michael Thomas to um, a completely other team. To a team so, like already a championship contender. Already. Right, exactly, yeah. And what did you – for, for the reasoning that they just don't have the money to pay for him yeah. and everyone else, and they would rather keep everyone else. Instead of him. That's their best player. Yeah, yeah. I, I – if – just because he doesn't want to pay, or I say he, because they're uh, the owners, they're, I guess. Yeah, manager, whoever's yeah, the yeah. person who does the trades. Oh, general manager. Yeah, yeah. Director, player, person. The owners sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the Dodgers just moved up to what the second most likely to win World the World Series. Series. Yeah, yeah. Right behind the Yankees, I think the Yankees yeah. have like what, like a plus three hundred, and then mm-hmm. the Dodgers yeah. are like plus four fifty or something. Where the and Stros. there's Strohs, plus uh, 600. No kidding. Yep. <laughs> That's what are we, are we the banned The third now? most likely to win the World Series. Astros? Yeah. Yes. It's like you take your finger off the pulse for a little bit, and then you put it back on, and then all of a sudden there's like eight more accusations. Like, oh, freaking oh, Astros are horrendous. Yeah. You know the what Red I mean? Sox. This yeah. trade. This trade shot them back to plus 3,000. They're now like the 13th or 14th most likely to win. So this, <laughs> yeah. this Yan- Yankees hurts Yankees are celebrating them. big time. Yeah, yeah, this definitely hurt them and a Dodgers. lot. It was a very idiotic trade. Yeah, I wonder what they traded for too. That was the other thing. This is a this is actually off topic, but um, it's about the Yankees. <laughs> okay. Uh, Aaron Boone, their manager, he tweeted the final score of the Super Bowl. Like, the oh, exact I final saw score. that. Yeah, and yeah. I saw it. I was like, oh my! Of course, it's the damn Yankees. Okay, the Boston Red Sox, Los Angeles Dodgers, and Minnesota Twins agreed to a three-team trade Tuesday night. So the Dodgers get Mookie Betts and David Price and Cash, and that's all coming from Boston. The Red Sox get Alex Verdugo, Verdugo from the Dodgers and Brewstar Gratero from the Twins, and then the Twins get Kenta Maeda from the Dodgers. I probably screwed up all those names, but yeah. that's that's baseball. In a trade that none of us understand. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. Other than <laughs> this, other this, than that, it hurts the Red Sox and helps the Dodgers. Other yeah. than that, we do not understand. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe the maybe with this trade, the Dodgers would finally get over the hump and win a World Series. So I'm I putting guess. my money on the Strohs this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Bust, listen, dusty. not Yank. putting them on the not on the Red Sox, not this season. Listen, just like our offensive coach, Coach Painter said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And, <laughs> The Astros are definitely doing uh, at least show- cheating and trying. They're yeah. trying very hard. Yes, yes. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, prime, the biggest one. And uh, might be a double. All right. Thank you guys for joining us this episode. I'm Zach. And I'm Matt. And um, later this week, we have a very special, our first interview coming up. We're not going to say just yet it'll be a little surprise Um, not just one two guys yeah two guys coming in um to get ready for the college baseball season so it should be pretty exciting um keep your ears peeled for that once again thank you guys for joining us and see you guys next time So
Atomic rocket ship Nobody has to be hemmed Nobody needs to be out of sight Nobody's gonna travel second class of the equality No suppression of minorities We'll take this planet Shake it round And turn it upside down My supersonic rocket ship Supersonic rocket ship. 